0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. We want to welcome you in to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz 2, 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. We're coming to you live always from the Hyman Service Studios, presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. And I'm your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me, as always, is Jacob Davis. And we're brought to you by Online. And the NBA playoffs are here. New year, new data desktop. Mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off a welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEV, BLEAV to get you started. From football, basketball, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing officer, office available for 2022. Bet online where the game starts. And Jacob. We have ourselves uh, a back-to-back champion in the world of softball. I want to really really congratulate Courtney Diefel, her staff, and that team for clinching a share, at least as of right now, of the SEC regular season title. There's still another weekend of softball left. They go to Texas A&M next week. So, barring a meltdown, if Alabama were to sweep uh, Missouri next week and A&M were to sweep Arkansas, then they would tie and share the uh, SEC title, regular season title, just like what happened last year in, in with Florida. They didn't play, so they had to share it because there was no head-to-head deal. So, But right. w- with the way this team's playing, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. So, Jacob, welcome in. Uh, like I said, congratulations to the softball team. And how do you think they did this weekend?
1: Dominant. I mean <laughs> – from from each day, they were just dominant, man. Especially today, where Mary Half through a uh, was a three hit, no no run victory. I mean, they won eight to nothing uh, to to help claim it, and, and she got to go out in style on senior day, man. And I think delsey got to come out and pitch the final out. It was a special day, man. A special weekend for the Razorback women, and and you know. Dominance. I mean, it, it's it's almost you've almost run out of words to describe how good the softball team has been this season. To be honest with you, they they've been completely dominant. They shut down South Carolina this whole weekend. I mean, it wasn't even close this this whole week. Um, and just a really fitting into to two good consecutive seasons uh, for this Razorback softball
0: team. The thing I want to say about Mary Half is I think she's been listening to the podcast all year because there's we have never doubted what Mary Half can do. We, we've never doubted, you know, and, and we've seen her the last three, four years at Arkansas, what she's capable of doing. And I was thinking about it today, like, you know, you have that kid that, you know, always brings home A's and B's and is always on the honor roll. And then the, the grades start slipping a little bit. You kind of get a little concerned. Uh, that's the way we were treating her because, you know, she was the SEC, you know, co-pitcher of the year last year. So you have these expectations coming in. And in our eyes and what we see and what we think, you see her kind of start to slip, get roughed up a little bit. Well, then she goes and pitches a perfect game. And then right. she comes out and she just, you know, gets touched up, gives up a couple of runs. Some of it's errors. Some of it was earned runs. She comes out and has the best weekend of her, you know, the this, this season. And, and, you know, in my opinion, you know, she just had a a crazy season. And when we had uh, Justin on last week, we were asking, what's the key? And we both agreed. You know, Mary is the key for this team going to Oklahoma City. Her stepping up and and, and being up there alongside of Shanice and giving them that one-two punch and how she performed this weekend. I know, you know, South Carolina – is one of the low teams in the SEC, but you rewind back to last week, that was Texas A&M. You know, Texas A&M right. was the the low team. They were 2-14 and 14 in conference, and they beat the – I mean, other than Arkansas, they beat the number two team in the conference in, in a series. So, first off, con- big congratulations to the whole senior class, the, the ones that have set this foundation, the ones that have come in through the transfer portal – they have meant just as much as these seniors that have been here for the four years and the turnarounds that, you know, Lenny Malkin's had Hannah McCune out in left field, you know, you got KB sides coming in from Alabama and her speed and she's got her back going. We all know what, you know, Daniel Gibson's done to cement her legacy. It's just in Mary half coming in and giving her that ovation, letting Shanice come in and the proper way of letting the crowd just tip their hat to the pitcher. It was really cool to see that. And then again, them getting to celebrate in, in their back-to-back championship.
1: Yeah, and she's the focal point of this this whole uh, program because you, you think of softball, Razorback softball, and you think of Mary Half immediately. 93 career victories, 16th of the season. I mean, if it wasn't for her, part of her 93 victories, would Arkansas softball even be? At this at this stage of saying, okay, we're we we've won two straight SEC championships. This time, we're going we are going to try our dangest to get to Oklahoma City, and, and they're doing things. They and, and it's because of Mary and and, and it's because of delsey coming along and and playing fantastic softball. You have Taylor Ellsworth who's hitting bombs straight up bombs out of Vogel had two Park today consistently, yeah. And I mean, she's she's been great, uh, Lenny Malkin. I mean, she's she's been phenomenal this season. It's the same names we've been talking about all season long. Porter, they've just been solid. And it's and man, I think they might be the most exciting sport right now going on uh, this semester in uh, in Fayetteville.
0: Oh uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and just what Mary had to do last year, it's kind of like what we're seeing this year. And I know Mary's not injured, so when I make this analogy or this comparison, I'm not saying that Mary was injured, but last year, you know, Autumn Storms and and Mary were supposed to be that one-two punch, Jenna Bloom coming in, you know, in that third spot, really kind of emerging herself as a in the rotation, and Autumn Storms gets hurt. Mary had to step up and take the team, and she did put the team on her shoulders, and they went to the Super Regionals. So now this year, you have Shanice just come in and just start developing that drop ball pitch, coming in and just dominating. And if she has not, you know, wrapped up the pitcher of the year, and I have a very good, other than the freshman, I mean, and I'm this is, again, an unbiased deal, but I, I think Coach Diefel has locked in the coach of the year. I think you could give – I think the biggest question is, do you give Daniel Gibson the player of the year? I think that will be the one toss-up that if she doesn't, yes, it will be a little upsetting because she has been a dominant force all year. But I'll take Coach Dyfel and then you've got to give Shanice Pitcher of the Year. You have to because of what she's done, how she has commanded this team, how she has just dominated in the SEC. Because you've got to go just strictly off SEC play and her stats in the SEC is amazing in the amount of strikeouts that she's had. Um, I think I looked it up the other day. She's only given up 31 runs all season. You know, that, that's not a lot. And when you have all the starts that you have, and the ERA right. is it's a 2.19 ERA, I believe that is the. Um, let me look it up real quick. But, but just the stats is what she has in her ERA is a 2,219. You give up 31 runs all season long, the strikeouts. But when Half was going through her her struggles, she just come in just like Half did last year. But I do think that Arkansas gets the sweep with coach, player, and pitcher of the year. Um, Casey Hoffman will be that one, I think, the freshman that might get freshman, all-freshman team. But, you know, she's not been that dominant to get the freshman, all-freshman, or the freshman of the year award, but. I'll take those three and uh, one more fact that I will put to you before I turn it back over to you is I've seen this stat before we started recording on the SEC Network and I do want to give a shout out to the SEC Network because the last two weeks, by God, you were talking about coverage and hogs and giving showing love to Arkansas. They have really went out of their way to make sure that they know who Arkansas is now. The first five seasons under Courtney Difel 33 wins in the SEC altogether. The last two seasons alone, she has 36 wins. So in two, the last two seasons, she's done three games more than the last five all put together. If that doesn't tell you what a turnaround is, I don't know what the definition is.
1: It's just, it's a turnaround, man. I mean, I I don't think you can go against what you just said uh, going back to uh, just SEC play, Delsey's ERA is one point one six in that's, SEC play. That's SEC ridiculous. That's SEC Player of the Year. That's yes. ridiculous, especially in softball, because I mean, it, it's just it's really exceptional what she's been able to do. And Mary Half's not been bad. She just hasn't been as as great as advertised. But she's been really solid, 3.5 ERA and SEC play. Both of them were 8-1 and win-loss
0: records in the SEC. So I want to ask you, Do do, I mean, you know how, like, the Kevin Copps comparison last year? Yeah. And and I'm not saying Shanice is the definite player of the year in the nation. I haven't watched enough national softball to make that, and I won't. I won't say that because I don't know who's out there. But it's the comparison of do you give her player of the year – as well as, as pitcher of the year. I mean, she's eight and one, like you said, 1.16 ERA and right. only given up 10 runs in SEC play. In it's nine crazy. starts, in, in nine games, she's only given up 10 runs. That is, that yeah. is ridiculous. And she's only given up two home runs. Her bat, the batting average against her is a 188 batting average and 14 walks. I mean, that's very impressive. You know, and yeah, you know, Mary Half's got a three point five ERA in, but you know, that's the thing. You look at three point five; that's huge. But when you got an offense like Arkansas, you they're both eight and one in the SEC, so they're nine and two in SEC right. play together. Between the two, they're they're sixteen and two in the SEC. So right. it it it's it's weird. You know, like I said, as us media, as who someone even like me that has, you know, covered this team and knows. What is going on? I still get blinded by when you're looking at the stats and the numbers and what she, she's still, you know, you take your 3.5, that means nothing when you're eight and one. I mean, that just give, means how many runs you're giving up. If you're still eight and one and your strikeouts are up there, I'm trying to look at the stats. You got 58 strikeouts, Shanice has 73. So in between them two, yeah. they got 131 strikeouts.
1: And they've been dominant. They, mm-hmm. They've been very good throughout the season. I mean, they they have strung they can string together wins. They don't lose back to back games. They they can swat the ball like crazy from the plate. I mean, you were are looking at a team that sh- uh, that that Coach Dypl has put together, and you say, how does this team not go all the way? Thirty nine and 8 uh, 39 and eight overall. Twenty four and four at home. 10-2 and two on the road, they've been just as good on the road. They've been better on the road overall than they've been at home. And on the neutral sides, which is what's going to matter most, they're 5-2, and 17-4 overall in the SEC. That, that, to me, tells me that this team is dialed in, like you said, and ready to go. They, they're not scared of anybody. They know they're good they know I, they're good.
0: Yeah, I think this team's on a different kind of mission. I think they have the perfect combination of transfers, seniors, younger players, yeah. Hannah Gamble, Casey Hoffman, uh Priggies come up on the shortstop and you've even got um you had um Lavalle come in, Ellsworth, Danny, you know, Daniel yeah. Gibson and, and Lenny Malkin. Well, let's go back, you know, they're having a little home run competition right now, you know, 27 to 25. They're they're, they're trying to break another record of all the records they ain't even, you know, already broken already with the runs right. and RBIs in the season. And so, Lenny's two up on her right now with 27 and 25 uh, home run. No, not home runs. It's uh, 27 RBIs and 25 um, RBIs. They yeah. both got eight home runs. Sorry. I misread the stat sheet on that. But they're You're both good. sitting at You're eight good. home runs on the season I was like, that guy, I'm 27 home runs and 25. That's <laughs> that's a lot. But I was over on the ribbies. But I, I, I just can't say enough about this team. And I know to some that it, it's borderline. You know, you try to be media. You try to be, you know, what do they say, unbiased. But, but it's right. hard. It's hard when you really, you know, you get involved with the team and you really root for this team that four years ago – you know, they were struggling and couldn't get, you know, fans in the stands. And now they're drawing three, four, five thousand people in the stands in a game. And just having success and just how much they really appreciate what's going on with this team. The way they are playing defensively, I think that alone, where they're playing defensively, and that's gonna get lost in all this transition of the the Bogle Bombers and Daniel Gibson and Lenny Malkin. I mean Hannah Gamble, McEwen, Ellsworth, what they've been able to do at the plate. But where they're at defensively, other than barring a few errors here and there, but I'm telling you, that right there can get them to Oklahoma City because you've got – I mean, with what Mary did this weekend, if she can do that, this team is very scary, offensively and defensively. And, yes, it, it makes you think that this team is one of the best eight teams in the nation. Yes, they have that five ranking beside them and I, I think that's true. a couple of years ago maybe not, you know, it, it goes all about who beat who in front of you and you know they were counting on other people to lose to go up in the rankings and right now they are one of the five best teams in the nation.
1: no doubt, man. They're just they've been so good all year. They've been consistent. I think that's the word that i need to put out there. They've been consistently good. They they do everything great. There's not really a deficiency in their game at all. I mean, you can look at defense. No, they're 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 not having many errors throughout the season. I think they've had thirty-seven errors. Uh, I don't know how many they've had in the SEC, but it's not been very many. Most of them was early on during the season their losses uh in those in those tournament games early on. Then the Jamborees, Uh you, you look at offense, I mean, up and down, uh, their lineup. I mean, there's nobody there that just says Oh man, we can get easy. We can string three outs together right here. No, you can't do that either. And and Courtney Duffel is just doing a tremendous job of of having these girls dialed in. There's no, I don't see a way this doesn't end. And and I'm and I know I'm looking at it as a in a fan perspective because I want to see these girls do great, but I don't see a way that these girls don't end up at Oklahoma City there unless something happens where where, you know, they have Ebola or or the swine flu or something. I mean, something devastating has to happen for this team to uh, the tournament get canceled uh, for this team not to make it all the way to OKC.
0: Yeah, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had talked about the chip that was on this the shoulders. And, and, you know, and it's something that I've asked myself, just a, a general sports question. Is it harder to keep playing with that chip on your shoulder and building a program and having that success opposed to now you've, you've built the program. You're there. That chip is now off your shoulder. Now you've got to prove it even more. And I think this team still has a little chip on their shoulder because there was a lot of talk of last year being a fluke. Well, they didn't have to play Florida and they, you know, they were just given the title because they lost their a series to Missouri and, you know, stuff like that. And, so this year they're on a mission, and now these team, I can just tell a difference in this team. Like, if they were to make it to Oklahoma City, I don't think – even though it's their first time, I, I don't think they would be just happy with making it. You know how some people get right. to a certain stage of your program and they're blown away. I don't think this team will be an O for a team when they, if they get to Oklahoma City. I think they're going to go in there and they're going to make some noise. Uh, you've got to pitch it, like I said, with Shanice and just how she was thrown in there and developed her drop pitch and was just so dominant. And when your leadoff hitter is hitting 453, you you've got six home runs and 18 RBIs. I mean, that's – you know, KB Sides is one of them players that you see her speed and you want her to go out there and steal bases, and now she's coming along and she's been hitting home runs and just hitting, I mean, 875 slugging percentage. I mean, that one th- – down one through nine – That's what makes this lineup so dangerous is because if somebody's having an off game, somebody else is going to step up. It's And Kildo was the one that they brought in. She was playing shortstop when Priggy Priggy was hurt. And, you know, you got these kids that come in and just – I mean, there was one the other night she put in there in the lineup and hit a home run. I mean, these, these girls can just step up. And it was Friedman, Marlene Friedman come in, hit a home run. You know, it's just you never know who is going to show up on that day. And if you've got a bench player that you can come in and say, give me a hit, you get them a home run. I mean, that's just – it's amazing. And that right there shows the depth. It shows the depth of this coaching staff because that's one thing you could go up there to Coach Diefel right now and say, hey, how's it feel to be Coach of the Year? She's going to stop you in your tracks and she says, nope, this this is Staff of the Year. She don't want individual because, I mean, and that's the thing. Her staff is so close-knit. And I think if you have a close staff, you're going to have a close team. And I've preached this, and you've heard me many, many, many times say this. It branches out to the whole university and that the the oh, closeness, yeah. that family they have. And for the softball team to feel like they are just as welcomed as the football team, the basketball team, and the baseball team. Because I'm telling you what, if you don't think that – You have a home series, like at Ole Miss, and what that meant to Arkansas and the Ole Miss rivalry, and you're still having people come out in thousands to a softball game. If you don't think that doesn't mean anything to those girls, and if you don't think they don't look out in that berm and see all those fans out there, and that don't get you a couple extra runs or a couple extra feet on that home run swing. So, before we move to the next team, you know, I want to thank the fans. you know, for showing up, showing up for these women, giving them the praise they need. Everybody that has been showing up and and supporting them and talking about them on the news and TV, radio, podcast, they deserve it. And I truly appreciate it because it's my passion to cover this team and every other program that I cover at the University of Arkansas. But, um, I guess what we'll do now is we'll go on to the baseball series and we're talking about the Ole Miss series. And Arkansas end up dropping game one, but they bounced back to win the next two to take the series. And Jacob, I don't know if you got to catch much of it, but it was one of them grinded out type of series. And, you know, dropping game one, you've always got those, you know, naysayers. You know, it, it, it's Arkansas Twitter, good or bad. So. They ended up bouncing back and winning another series. So, I mean, what what was your take on this weekend? I mean, when anything, I guess anytime you get a win against Ole Miss, it's really good, no matter if they're up or down. So
1: get back oh, yeah. on track. So I'm impressed. And it's not because I'm just a McCoy Tiger drug employee, but there's a kid on the mound by the name of Brady Tiger, who is a great-grandson of of uh the, one of the founders of McCoy Tiger Drugstore Shared in Arkansas. Shout out to our sponsor, McCoy Tiger Drug <laughs> he Shared. You'll hear from them later. But uh the dude closed out both games the last two nights. Uh and I shared his I shared his uh stats from this weekend on Twitter earlier. You can catch that at it, our Hog Talk uh Twitter page at the Hog Talk. And uh let me see if I can find it here because Porter tweets all this stuff about the softball team. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they've been sweeping people it's here not like lately. Back
0: and back but, Champions uh, here we go.
1: <laughs> Brady Tiger, series stats, five innings. He's the closer, five innings, seven strikeouts, one hit. He Issued six walks. A couple of those were intentional to one was uh Saturday night against Elko to to get him on base so he didn't have to face him and then uh he allowed zero runs. All that work in the final two innings of Saturday night's win for uh, 6 to 3 uh, off a uh, off a two-run slam by Kendall Diggs. I mean that dude hit a bomb. I mean if the if the right field building wasn't there, that thing probably it, I don't know where it was going to land. The thing was a missile. But uh Tiger man issued zero runs this weekend. In five innings of work and the guy, he he had the bases loaded a couple of times throughout the weekend. The guy was just electric. People love watching him pitch. I love his breaking balls, his curve balls, his sliders. You look around and I just hit my microphone. I'm getting so excited. Sorry. But. It's just so exciting to see Brady Tiger come in. I mean, he was kind of a Jekyll and Hyde early on in the season, but all of a sudden, once SEC play started, the guy's been electric. He's been throwing salty stuff, and he's becoming a leader. And, and people are looking, man, he needs to be in the starting staff right now. Replace him with with uh, uh, Jackson Wiggins or, or put him on Saturday and limit Hagen or something. No, leave him in this spot because when in those big time moments, the true freshman has has been the biggest at the biggest stages of his young career right now, and he's coming away uh, and, and helping Arkansas win some ball games the uh, last couple of nights. And then Evan Taylor, shout out to him. He uh, he was pretty good on uh, on Friday night, even though Arkansas didn't end up uh, hitting enough. A lot of people I saw on Twitter were uh mad about man the hitting coach needs to go do we not show these guys how to hit the bat this is baseball man i mean i've been watching the sport for the majority of my 30 years of life porter and baseball you you have your ups you have your downs and there's sometimes you struggle at the plate and it's it's hard man it's hard but these guys adjusted and the last two games they've hit the ball pretty well outside of the uh Friday opener against, uh, against, uh, Ole Miss, but then the UCA game where it was two to one and Arkansas had to come away with a, uh, win off a walk, uh, or a wild pitch, sorry, a win off a wild pitch. That was, that was an ugly game. But it was a midweek series, but anyways, we come to, I come to say this Brady Tiger's been impressive. I want to shout out to him. He's been my player of the week, uh, for, for this baseball team. He He came around, he came around and was big for Arkansas this weekend.
0: Yeah, and another thing about those midweek season series, you know that Dave Inhorn's come out and said, look, you're getting guys out there to develop them. Yeah, if, if the guys on a slump and or, you know, you want somebody to get some more reps, he'll bring them out in that midweek series yep. because you you're going Tuesday, you're not going to really throw your Friday night starter on Tuesday. And I'm no, not you're saying not. that you Absolutely don't got your not. you got you got plenty of your starters out there. And they're, I'm not saying that's an excuse for a two-one, you know, victory over UCA, but sometimes you do play down to your competition sometimes you do take a Tuesday game not it's almost like a not a practice you're not you know you're not I'm not saying anything of this to degrade or downgrade UCA I'm just saying you're looking at this as a midweek game you're right. focused on conference season you might be 80 and and you're just kind of, you know you're coming off of a, another series against Am you know where you lost and now you're coming into UCA where you're trying to get your mind focused on do you do a trade-off? Are you really going to put all of your effort on a Tuesday game? Or are you going to try to bounce back in this Ole Miss series? So you come out flat in and, and, and 4-2 game on, on Friday, and then you come back and you win back-to-back games, lock down another series. And I know in the, in the grand scheme of it, nobody's catching Tennessee in their record. You know, they pretty much got, you know, the number one seed locked up when it comes to record-wise. But to me – when you play a series, it's all about winning the series. Yes, you don't want to win yeah. every series two one, you you want to get some sweeps in there. But everybody, you drop a game and it's the end of the world. And I think it was even Wick Wicklander was like, "Hey, this is a spoiled fan base because they're so You're used exactly to the right. Isaiah Campbell, they're used to the Kevin Cops and the Blaine Knights. they you know they have been spoiled with them pitchers, and we you know Con- Connor Nolan's come in and done really good stat wise." I mean, even in a loss, it was a 4-2 game. It wasn't like an 8 nothing blowout. But th- like you said, this is the game of baseball. It's going to happen. Um, so, I think people just need to calm down a little bit. And so, what if this team underperforms a little bit if they don't go to Omaha? I mean, be proud of what you got. Because I'm telling you, go ahead and complain and run this coach off. or what? I mean, I'm not saying he's going to leave just because of the fans, but who, who do you want to come in here? Yeah, go get go get Vitello. Look at what look what he's doing. Look at that clown show. And I'm sorry, I was one of them that thought maybe he would be a, a, a decent coach, but he's it's a clown show over there in Tennessee. You know, the first time when he bumped the bumped the ump, I can kind of give that a, a little bit of a pass because hey, you're hot headed, you know, you're into the game. He just chest bumping. But yeah. but this deal with the bat flip stuff, and I know we keep on that telling ourselves not to. Talk about Tennessee, but I guess they're rent-free, I'll admit it, whatever. you know. But they somehow find a way to get in the conversation. But that's the coach. He's a narcissist. He wants to make it about him. It's not about this team. And guess what? His team is going to act the way he acts. And I don't know if you've seen the full clip of it, but I, I went back and watched the whole thing. He got pissed off because the kid bat-flipped. Okay, okay. One, his eyes was never looking at the if, – if, if this kid for Auburn would have swung the bat, stared down the dugout, and then flipped the bat at him, I could very well see he would have every right to be upset. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I agree with you. I agree and with this has yep. nothing to do with Tennessee bat flips all the time. I'll get into that in a second. But if he would have looked down the dugout and bat flipped at him and it went into their dugout or hit a player, I can understand that. But it was intentional, or unintentional. He was just looking and flipped the bat, and it rolled to the dugout. So what does the coach do when they're celebrating? Vitello picks the bat up, grown man, picks the bat up and throws the bat towards the other dugout, other team. The bat could have flipped up and hit a player. A player could have tripped on it, tore an ankle, tore an ACL. But he threw it right in the – so what is the difference, what he's crying about, and what he did, his actions, it reminds me so much of Tom Herman over at Texas when he was joking about freaking Tyler Locke or what was his, was it Locke? What, Drew Locke. When he'd done the yeah. whole, his whole motion thing and then Herman was making fun of him and then he goes to the Big 12 and's crying because he don't want everybody doing the horns down. So, your guys can act like clowns. And your guys can bat flip and do everything. And the kid for Tennessee done the same kind of bat flip. That's okay. But if another team does it, you throw a little hissy fit, and then you bat you throw the bat in the other the other team's dugout. I mean, that's like get out of here.
1: He's he's ridiculous. I I don't know. I, Tennessee fans are like thinking, oh man. Arkan, Arkansas fans have us living rent free in their heads. But last year, Tennessee was mad because they weren't Arkansas. They weren't Arkansas. And so Arkansas is basically giving them a dose of their own freaking medicine. I mean, Vitello is just out of control. The past couple of weeks, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a mental game or what. But the guy's just just kind of been off his rocker since he chest bumped that official. Is he, is he just out of control? Is he trying to change the game? Is he trying to keep people on the edge? I'm not sure. I, I think it, he wants back. it to be about him.
0: I think he wants attention yeah. on him. It, it's the fact that your your team is 19-2, and two, the fastest team to win 40 wins since the SEC expanded in 92. And guess who we're talking about? Yeah. We're not talking okay. about the team every week. We're talking about your clown show every week and what you're doing with your little circus. So, that's my rant for the day. We'll get off of that and we'll get back onto the baseball team. But... Just those antics, and I'm glad they don't play regular season because it would be, it would be a circus if Arkansas. I'm, I'm kind of glad they're going to play in Hoover <laughs> because I just, I, I don't know, I, I don't know something would happen and it, it wouldn't be good. I think there'd be a base clearing brawl and something would go down. But they got Missouri State oh, coming yeah. up on Tuesday before they go to Auburn this next weekend. So. Well, like I said, and, and when it comes to that, your winning series, you're still keeping that lead and going into Hoover. you got Auburn, Vanderbilt, and Alabama left. So you got three series left. And I'll tell you what, it, it's May. I cannot believe how fast this year has gone by. And talking about fast, we're already at the commercial break. So when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to talk about our boy, Traylon Burks, going to the Titans, the perfect fit that we think or not, you know, him ended up there where he could have ended up and we're gonna talk about a big commitment that the Arkansas Razorback football team just got. We'll be right back after the break.
1: Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's s staylortrucking.com. Com. Are you ready to tackle your to-do list without getting your hands dirty?
0: Then it's time to call Heineman Services in Springdale. Corey and his team specialize in A to Z home repair, in-home transformations, plumbing and dryer vent cleaning. Got a man cave? Heineman Services can make it better. Got a she shed? They can make it better. Call today, 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Or check them out online, Heinemanservices.com. That's H-I-N-D-M-A-N-Services.com. Heinemann Services, Honeydews, have never been so easy.
1: McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas, has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942- 5121.
0: And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And uh, Jacob, I think we're really excited about, you know, when it comes to Traylon Burks, we didn't know or we knew what round, and we just didn't know where. And a lot of, you know, eyes were pointing towards Green Bay. There was a lot of fans, especially around Arkansas. You know, they wanted Dallas Cowboys or the Kansas City Chiefs, but He ends up falling to the Tennessee Titans and and with a big trade. I believe A.J. Brown went to the Philadelphia Eagles, which opened up a spot for him. And I want to be quite honest that this trade and him going to Tennessee fulfills a lot of needs for both sides of this. You know, Trelon has made it very clear he kind of wants to play close to home. That way he can visit his family. He's a big family man. And he wanted to play somewhere – you know, like New Orleans or Dallas, Kansas City, somewhere where he can make it and, and be close to his family. Or if he, you know, lived far away, that he would be able to, you know, have adequate time for his family. So for him to be taken to Nashville and the Tennessee Titans, one, you're not going very high in the draft where you're going to some struggling team, low in the, in the totem pole, trying to build around a first-round draft pick. You're going to Tennessee that is a very good squad and just made them better, in my opinion, because this guy, when he gets up there, he's going to do work. And so I'm very excited about this pick and how he went to 18th overall and just kind of, in my opinion, he fell in their lap. And and they took him because, I mean, you look – I was kind of worried there for a second when I was watching the draft and then – I mean, they went three wide receivers back to back to back, and I was like, okay, there, there's a chance. And then all of a sudden I'm starting to get alerts saying, you know, Traylon Burks is going to the Titans. So I, I do want to say something before we get into your opinion. I'm, I am kind of disappointed in how they done the draft. It was on a delay. It, it's weird how they try to market some of this stuff. They come back from a commercial break, and they're already talking about the – you know, these kids wait their whole life for this opportunity – And for them to really fully, even if if it's the second round guys, these guys are not given the opportunity to be shown on camera going up because they dream of going up and shaking Roger Goodell's hand or whoever the commissioner's hand is. I think they need to get better at really slowing this thing down, taking the time to let these kids have their moment because this is one of the biggest moments of their life. Whether you choose to be at the draft itself or like Traylon and be with family, and have a party with your family and friends, it's about them and not all about the TV sometimes.
1: Yeah, and that was really cool with Traylon having his uh, great-grandmother. I mean, that that's special. He said, I'm not going all the way to Las Vegas. I don't want to put my 92-year-old great-grandmother on a plane and fly her over there. Let's just stay home. And it just shows like it that validates to me everything that's been told to me about Traylon over the past five or six years of knowing about him. He's a family guy. He likes to be at home. He's a backwoods country boy. Goes out there and kills hogs with a knife. I mean, and that that's that's you gotta have some uh some steel, steel ones down there if you're gonna go out there and chase a wild boar. Uh, during the middle of the night, but the guy, he he wanted to be at home. He's just he's a he's a friendly guy, just down home country boy, southern. He, he has southern hospitality too. I mean, he's just a good guy. Well, he fits I, in in Nashville because Nashville's a blue collar town. Uh, go ahead. I, well, I no, I'm just say saying something. it
0: because you know how fans, Arkansas fans, they they were already trying to get his jersey on the internet, you know, in and, and NFL oh, shop. Yeah. Nashville's not that far away and for them to be nope. able to drive to you know Nashville or if they play the Chiefs or if they play New Orleans I mean he's going to be right there that his home games it's if if you really want to go all the people that's in Little Rock all the people that's over in West Memphis or in the eastern part of the state that didn't mind have got a chance to go see him play at Arkansas they can drive right down the road now and go watch him play at Nashville.
1: Yeah. Straight interstate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so seeing him go to Tennessee I was kind of shocked I mean, it wasn't because I didn't expect him. I, I I thought he might be the fifth or sixth guy off the board as far as wide receivers goes. And, and I knew it was going to it was gonna take some time to see him go, but I didn't expect him to go to Tennessee. A lot of people had him pegged to go to either Dallas, or I think Dallas had like the 23rd pick or 24th pick, and then Green Bay had two picks in the first round, and obviously they needed a wide receiver really bad, I mean, because they, they lost uh, Devontae Adams. They lost... Uh, Valdez Scantling, and one other guy. So, obviously, they needed a a 1A receiver, and they didn't even draft a receiver. They drafted a linebacker out of Georgia uh, with their first pick. So, they didn't even trade up for anybody. It was just a shocker to me. But seeing him be able to stay close to home, uh, be able to be developed. I think uh, Coach Vrabel uh, over there at Tennessee has done a great job of uh, game planning and being able to build his guys up. Uh, to to uh, put an offense around what Derrick Henry is, uh, just the the machine, uh, kind of limiting what Ryan Tannehill does as a quarterback, trying to keep the weight off of him. He's more of a game manager, and it kind of gives Traylon a time to develop as a wide receiver uh, in the in the pros. Are kind of I don't think he needs development just because he's been pretty solid. His whole uh, agrees a generational talent coming out of Arkansas.
0: Well, in, in the type of offense that he, Tennessee runs, I mean, this fits him. Yeah, that This is somebody yeah. they really rely on Derrick Henry. This is a run first. They don't just try to deep ball it all the time. You know, they want to no. try to nickel and dime you, give the ball to Derrick Henry. And so for, for someone like Traylon, they're going to see some kid out of Arkansas that's slow. And this is where I was very surprised that Tennessee went up and picked him because it was so much – Taken that he didn't run his forty, well, right. you know he he had some pretty daggum good advice, and that just shuts people up like me because I mean I thought it was a I thought it was a red flag, you know, but he wanted people to prove it, and he showed the tape. Look at the tape. That's what I can do. And he done everything you could to prove that he was an elite wide receiver in the SEC and was cooking some of the best defenders in the SEC. So he was right, you know. Look at the tape. But he's going to be in an offense where you're not going to have to go in now with this big trade with the, um, A.J. Brown and be the guy in an offense that's a, like a Rams or Kansas City where it's a pass heavy. You know, you've got a guy like Tannehill that's going to hand the ball off and then he's going to be able to find you. So I, this is where I think he's, it's going to be a perfect pick for him or a perfect spot for him because he's going to be able to thrive and not feel pressured to really just be that guy from the get-go.
1: And I think he lucked out. From having to go to Green Bay because the expe- expectation was somebody's gonna have to replace Devontae. And Aaron Rodgers is such a butthole to have to play, uh, play with, because it's not it's never Aaron Rodgers' fault. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean I know I know Kaba is a big Packers fan. My father in law who listens to the show is a big Packers fan. But you you can tell Aaron Rodgers is a big baby. And if he if you go out there and you he overthrows the ball, it's your fault. Yeah. So it's probably a better, it's probably a good thing that he ended up uh, with Tennessee uh, because his, it's basically almost the same offense that Arkansas ran at Tennessee. So it's going to be similar stuff. Obviously, the verbiage is going to be different, but I really uh, applaud Tennessee for taking uh, Traylon. I think it was a good pick, obviously, because I love Traylon. Uh, you look at the tape and you see him burn four Alabama defenders out off a bubble screen, and he took it 80 yards to the house. To the casa? I mean, yep. the guy just
0: – he's he's fast in pads, and, and that is hard to do. And, and I hope he carries that same energy to the NFL, like, hey, doubt me. You know, underestimate me. Come at me at a bad angle because I'm going to blow right by you and make you look foolish. I mean, that – that chip, we talked about the chip on your shoulder and with the softball team, and I think if he goes into this with that chip on his shoulder, like, you know, they doubted me in the scouting and the, you know – the draft and the combine and these experts and these media that was, you know, raising red flags. Cause I didn't do this or I didn't do that. He's going to come out and show you. And that's all that matters. And you go out there on the field yeah. and, and you prove it on the field, that's where you're going to make your money. And that's where you're going to get your, your second contract at.
1: And AJ Brown was traded to the Eagles. I think a yes. lot of it had to do with his reliability to be able to stay on the field, and not be injured. Yeah, Traylon's a new guy. I mean, obviously AJ Brown's very, very good. I mean he's he put out he put up very good numbers his first two seasons. Kind of had an off year, had dealt had dealt with some injuries, but they want to have somebody out there that they can rely on and and obviously Traylon is gonna they're gonna rely on him early and he's probably gonna be wr one going going forward.
0: Yeah, because you got Robert Woods there and it's got him listed as questionable, so you don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Also, we're talking about being that guy. He might be thrusted into that position, and we'll see. You know, if, if somebody's got that maturity and they want to be that blue-collar guy, this is the perfect spot for him. Yeah, but let's absolutely. see what happens when a rookie gets thrown into that type of situation because this is – it's a different ballgame between – you You think the SEC is as good as – which it is. It's the best conference in college football. But the gap between – the SEC and the NFL, is crazy. So, you know, that's what I hope. He goes in there, works, gets in there, studies film, picks up the tendencies of these other guys and their defense and knowing that if Robert Woods is down, he's going to be the guy. So there's going to be a lot of expectations. On top of being a rookie, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to welcome him to the league in, in a good way and a bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, I meant to uh, say, give a shout out earlier. Cole Smith, uh, he threw the first pitch. Yes. out. Oh my Arkansas God, that's our buddy. Cole,
0: that's our that's my dog. Yeah, that was really cool. And all, since we're on that subject too, um, kind of kind of a you know, lightening it up a little bit. Um, one of my mentors, Paul Boyd, he does a lot of great coverage for the women's sports for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Suffered it, you know, he was down and got hospitalized, and I was really checking on him through his wife and stuff, and. He had to have surgery on a ventricular shunt so he's doing very good now but um it, it was kind of scary there for a little bit that you know cuz this guy's always at the games i mean he's at every softball basketball game that we've we've watched together we've ate lunch together he's really kind of taken me under his wing and really showed me really the you know the ropes of being a journalist and doing the media you know stuff for the women's sports, so I blessings out to him that he made it through the surgery well thoughts and prayers to him and his family because you know it's it's one of the people you look up to and it we were at the Kentucky series and he showed up like in the fifth inning and he was late but you could just tell something was different something was off because he's never not answering his phone or not ever not there at the game so when I found out that he'd been admitted to the hospital you know I've been checking up on him every day and he had a successful surgery doing all right and resting and, and probably hopefully get to go home soon so big shout out to you paul
1: absolutely man uh and, and la- earlier this afternoon which is sunday uh terry Hampton uh big time elder-rated kid uh very solid player he's a six foot uh six foot one 300 pound defensive tackle uh initially committed to Arkansas State coming out of high school, he committed to Arkansas today. So a uh, uh, big Union County news there for my boys. All the all the Union County rep. I mean, there's a few people that uh, listen to the show out there know the a Big fan of him. Think uh, he'll add some really good depth to the defensive line for the Razorbacks uh, next season. Uh, so so, I mean, Torian Carter. He was injured during spring practice, but I think he's going to be available uh, once summer comes around uh, for for practices and and gearing up for the season. Uh, so I, th- I don't know if he's going to be out for the summer conditioning program or not, but, but he should be ready. Uh, from what I've heard, I haven't heard anything bad about Torian. So adding defensive line depth is big. Uh, he's not very tall. That's, I think that was a big caution according to a bunch of people that I saw on Twitter the other day is, Oh, he's only like six foot. Uh, or maybe, maybe he'd be five eleven. You know, usually when somebody says they're six foot, they're usually five, nine or five ten. But the guy's a pretty good looking athlete uh, out of his defensive tackle position. So, uh, man, you know C- what I was going to C- ask you? Arkansas's-
0: I was going to ask you something along the lines that? of that football. You know, with, with all the success of the other programs going on, do you think that helps Coach Pittman in, in the development? Because there's not – you know, like when the other teams are down, it's all football, 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 football. Yeah. And now they kind of get to be quiet, lay in in the grass, you know, and let the success of the softball team, the baseball team, soccer team, women's basketball, you know, it doesn't take pressure off them. But it's almost like we're not talking about them or we're really not thinking about what's going on behind the scenes. Do you think that kind of helps take pressure off them, especially when they're trying to rebuild their defense?
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think so because you have so many other things to look look at right now. I mean, you had the baseball team being successful, the softball team being successful, like you said. It's just really, I think he can lay low and kind of think, oh, the pressure's off of me for once. The first two seasons, you know, we we or the first first season, I go three and seven, and we were trying to reset the tempo there. But he he can go out, he can recruit, he doesn't have all the nasty mail that, you know, guys like Chad Morris got and Brett Bielema got, you know, there's a successful, it's a successful athletic department right now, Porter. And it's something, it's, it's I think it really takes the pressure off of Pittman. He can go out there and enjoy nights out and, and get some fist bumps uh, from folks around town, you know, and you're not coming up and being like, well, coach, what do you think about this? Coach, what do you think about that? He can lay low. This whole stack can lay low. Well, it, 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 what brought it up was his contract. Season, and it's all, what's that? Yeah. I said whole, it was his contract, contract because,
0: I mean, everybody was, it was almost like. They were worried about it. They were worried, but yet they got the focus on, like, it would only be like, you know, like a dog and squirrel. It was like, okay, the baseball team, hold on, what's going on with Pittman? You know, it wasn't a constant yeah. every day getting barraged with, why is it taking right. so long? Why is it taking so long? It's like, they, it, Every four to five days, somebody would randomly mention what's going on with, you know, I would just think about what would happen with that contract situation if the other programs weren't successful. And it was just concentrating on why is it taking him so long? Why is it taking him so long? And then, you know, making the big deal about Jimmy Sexton being his agent now, stuff like that. I mean, I think that would have been blown way more out of proportion than what it was if the other teams weren't being successful. And I apologize yeah, and for we've the, seen it the, the rabbit hole that we went down, but it was just a random <laughs> thought I had.
1: It's all, it's all good, man. I've I, I actually thought about that too uh, recently because, you know, you have to learn to take Coach Pittman for his word. He's a blue-collar guy. And, and to me, he's just as authentic towards his players and his staff as he is the fan base and the media. Because he's not going to tell you one thing and do another. And he's proven that over and over and over again since he's, since he agreed to become the head coach of the Razorback football team is a guy that says, Hey, I'm one to do this. And he goes out and does it. He says, I'm going to rebuild this culture. What's he done? He's gone out there and, and worked his butt off to when he says that I want to be, I want the Razorback football head coaching job to be my last coaching job ever. I'm gonna take him at his word for it because once he's done, he's 60 years old right now. Maybe, maybe 59. I think he's turning 60 this year. He's five, probably. I mean, usually the 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 common man uh, retires about 65. It's believable because he says this is gonna be my last job. I'm gonna believe it's gonna be his last job when he says I don't want to be anywhere except the University of Arkansas. I I I, I kind of you know I hold him up to it. And i think that's the whole thing when he says that and then they're working on that contract is not because he's wanting more money or anything he's wanting to show that job security uh coaching staff stability for for this program to say this is this is what our future is and that sam pittman and this staff is going to be at arkansas And you can bet your butt on it and and you can, you will be here in four years and still be coached by me.
0: Well, yeah. And he was also sending a message like, don't, don't, don't take my kindness for weakness. Like I'm going to be here, but I want to get paid my due. I want, I want my dues. I know we're having to carry this, the whole you know, football programs around the country. Hey, we're having to foot the load for the athletic programs around here. And, 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 you know, financially, and there's a lot of pressure. There's more pressure on a football coach than any because of the amount of games that are in a season. You lose one football yeah. game in a season, it's, well, I guess, you know, like if you're a, a college football playoff team, like last year when Clemson played Georgia and Georgia beat Clemson, I'm like, well, there goes our chances. You're already week two. Right. You're like, oh, well, we're not going to make it to the college football playoffs. You know, there's that much pressure if you lose one game. You're like, well, we're not, we're not going to make it to this bowl game. So when it comes to the football team, and especially when you're building a program in the toughest conference and going nine and four, I mean, it's, yeah, payment, you know, like I said, hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be straightforward. And another point is yeah, he's never said anything or done anything to make us think otherwise. He's always stayed true to his word. And that's another thing that I really respect Hunter Urchik. He's never not come through on anything he said. It might not be on how fast we want it or the fans want it, but he's never he, went yeah. back on anything he said. And the same goes for Sam Pittman, the same goes for Barry Odom, and the same goes for Kendall Bryles. And I think you yeah. keep that honesty, especially in a state like Arkansas. You look at all these shenanigans and these cliches and these word phrases the last three coaches give us, and we're tired of that. The fans are tired of hearing hammer down and all these sayings. We want to hear do work. We want to hear win. We want to hear SEC champion. We want to hear, hey, we're going to a Sugar Bowl hey, we made it to the college football playoffs. That's what the fans deserve, and that's what they need to hear. And I think that's where right. this program's heading. I don't have a timetable. I'm not going to sit here and say that I guarantee in the next five years they're they're going to be in the college football playoff, but they're going to contend for it in the next five years.
1: Yeah. And I've got a couple of things here to add. ESPN's even given Arkansas football respect here early on in the offseason. Saying that they're one of the seven dark horses that could be be in the national title game in the college football playoff this season, Arkansas is getting the respect that is there because of the quick turnaround by Sam Pittman. Look, man, I mean we we brought Barry Odom and Kendall Brawls in, and I said it's going to be early on. I said it's going to be big time because these guys are are high level coaches. There's no way we're going to lose, or there's no way we're going to win just one game or two games in in 2020 during the COVID. Uh, COVID season and they go out there and win three Arkansas would have been fine because you were playing that 10 game schedule uh against all sec opponents, no non-conference opponents. And you go out there and you win three games that you hadn't won a single sec game in three years. Yeah. And then you, and then he Pittman says, I'm here to win ball games. And he says, he, he's going to go out there and win. I think Arkansas would have been fine if they said, all right, just win one sec game. You're one will be fine. Them and goes out there and wins three. All right. I think, man, just get us to a bowl game in 2021. We'll be fine. He goes out there and gets us a new year's day bowl. He's basically putting them ahead of schedule. And I think that's what's also buying him time and, and keeping the fan base calm down because, Hey, he's brought Arkansas back to respectability and, and so quickly that I think it's also kind of going under the radar and, and it's given and fans are giving him a lot of time outside of the whole the whole contract dilemma
0: yeah there i for don't a few think months, i mean think but, time but, it, but he's he he's got yeah. that look y'all have your expectations from me but i've got mine and my expectations yeah. are higher than what your expectations of me are Exactly right. and i think that's the biggest key you want 2 i want 3 you want 3 i want 4 he's he is he is competing with himself and I think right. that's the thing. And, and he's not doing the John L. Smith and, and just getting a paycheck riding off in the sunset and it being the last job of his career and he goes off. He wants to compete and he wants to go out on top to prove that, one, he can do it for this state because that man, he, he's like a Frank Brohls. You know, he, he's from another state, but yet he loves this state just as much. He's, if it yeah. was his home state, he loves this state, his family loves this state, and he wants to win it for Arkansas. And we've said it all along when it comes to any kind of coach with a football program, you have to know this state and you have to know this culture to make it. And he is. He's, he's an import from Oklahoma, but he knows this state and he loves the people. And, but those expectations that he has for himself is always greater, and that's what's going to – you're going to keep getting better expectations and you're going to get better results.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's the personification of Arkansas.
0: Exactly. Like, yeah. like a Grant Morgan. I mean, that's the thing. When you look at Grant Morgan, you look at Frank Brolls, you look at people like Sam Pittman, Dave Van Horn, Nolan Richardson, these people who were great, they all had that same thing in common. They were great people and they understood what it meant to win and really loved the people of the state of Arkansas.
1: Yeah. And, and a shout out to Grant Morgan. He, uh, was uh, signed as an unfract- undrafted free agent to Jacksonville, and the weird thing, co- cool thing, was uh, four kids that were affiliated with Arkansas universities or were from Arkansas signed with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars after the draft. So that was really cool to see. Congratulations, Grant! Uh, uh, I hope you do well there, uh, and 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 you get and you make the roster. Because I mean, obviously, man, the dude has heart. He's going to give it his best shot.
0: That's right. Well, Jacob, you, you before we get wrap it up, you got anything else for what we got going on next well, week? Or
1: well, you know, I don't know of anything really. Uh, Arkansas, you know, they got that baseball series. We I want to see. I hope to see the softball team win the outright SEC regular season division right. championship. That would be great.
0: All they got to do is win one one of the three games next yeah. weekend in in College Station. But you know what? They haven't lost a. Uh, SEC series yet so I'm not asking for them to lose now but yes that I mean hey they clinched last year at LSU so they can clinch an outright and I'm telling you what there's gonna be nothing prouder than seeing a 2021 and a 2022 back-to-back SEC champions on on a team that five years ago the people playing for them didn't even know they had a school so I mean it's it's really proud again that's my shout out of the week Courtney Diefel her staff and the Arkansas women's softball team or Arkansas softball team, y'all are my stars of the week. But uh, for that, for Jacob Davis, myself, Porter Hayes, that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk podcast, and we will catch you next week where we will be going live. We're going to send you updates throughout the week. Always, we're presented to you by Bet Online, and all live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. Woo pig.